This is the Oanda Market Insights podcast, where we look at the business and market stories with Oanda's senior market analysts from around the world. And this morning, we're joined by Craig Earlham in London. Good morning, Craig. Good morning. Now, we have used the word unprecedented many times since we started recording these podcasts, but the extraordinary events that happened at the Capitol yesterday where Trump supporters stormed the building protesting against the US election result. Absolutely amazing. However, having said all that, the prospect of Joe Biden launching a big stimulus package in the US after that clean sweep of Congress saw financial markets gain yesterday and gain by quite large amounts. Yeah, and this came after they were actually trading lower uh, on the futures market ahead of the opening, quite significantly so. So it all the, the narrative of a clean sweep being negative because of the potential for income tax increases, uh, corporate tax increases, uh, it quickly faded. Uh, and as you say, the, the stock market actually made quite decent gains. And against the backdrop of what was happening happening on Capitol Hill, I mean, those were really, really extraordinary uh, events uh, that we saw. But it kind of just, it, it, it's, it's indicative of how people now view Trump compared to how they viewed Trump four years ago. These kind of events are shocking, they're horrific. But at the same time, they don't carry the same kind of shock and awe in the markets. I feel like four years ago, this may have had a, a bigger impact on sentiment in the markets. But it's really strange that it's kind of expected now that something insane is going to happen uh, and that really does sum up exactly what we saw on Capitol Hill last night. It was almost like it was a signal for an attempted coup. Obviously people have died and many people have been injured as well but this perhaps would have lit the blue touch paper and started you know, similar riots around the country. Of course that hasn't happened uh, in any large way as we speak, but uh, is it over for Trump now? Is it? Is it? Is is this the end? Are we drawing a line under the Trump presidency with just a couple of weeks to go now uh, before Biden takes over? I mean, he lost the election, so there's no way around that, and the the procedures and the processes are in place in the U.S. to ensure that the vote is carried through, and that is what we're seeing. We say what you like about various officials and what they've said and the the efforts that have been made to disrupt uh, the process, the the refusal of the president to accept the election results and uh, continuously call fraud um, despite not having evidence that gets makes any real progress in the courts. Um, the 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 processes are in place to ensure that the 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 the, the will of the people is carried out, uh, and regardless of the theatre, uh, that is now what we are seeing. The question for me now is: there's been a lot of voices still in Congress um, who are backing the president. I wonder how many voices there's going to be after today, because it, we we can't underestimate just how serious this is. The the Capitol building was breached. Uh, four people have reportedly died. I, I think there's going to be a lot of lawmakers uh, on Capitol Hill now who are going to be realising just how serious uh, their comments are uh, and that the fact that there are consequences uh, for doing so. And I wonder whether ye- yesterday's uh, events may have cost uh, Trump a few allies and maybe the first kind of point towards a more smooth, a smooth, a smoother, and more peaceful uh, transition to the new administration now. Um, but like I say, this is very much political theatre. The markets really are completely uh, brushing 
this aside. Um, and again, I think it pure. I think it really is just because of what we've become accustomed to, but also um, an acknowledgement that there is less than two weeks left uh, of this. And then we move into the Biden presidency, and I'm not going to say that's going to be without theatre, but uh, I think the, not the likes of which that we've become accustomed to. And that victory in Georgia means that the prospect of Joe Biden launching a big stimulus package is uh, certainly uh, more likely than it was before. Absolutely. So it splits the Senate. It means that the the casting vote goes to the Vice Vice President Kamala Harris and uh, therefore the prospect of stimulus has vastly increased. There's no two ways about it. Had the Republicans retained control of the Senate, another massive stimulus bill wouldn't have been forthcoming. Even in an emergency, you would have seen a slim back version. But this has very much changed that. This gives this gives the power back to the Democrats. So I think we're going to see a lot more talk of these more ambitious plans from the president. And he now has a Congress that has the next couple of years in which to actually carry it out. It is obviously a fine line, and therefore I'd say some of the still a more ambitious, um, uh, the more ambitious policies may uh, may still be challenging with some of the more kind of centre um, lawmakers um, among the Democrats. Uh, but I, I do think things like massive stimulus um, now seems far more likely. And there's going to be other there's going to be other things as well, which I think is going to be far more likely as well. It's not going to be without its controversy. And I think the Republicans are going to push back very much in the same way that the Democrats have pushed back against Trump over the last four years. And they're going to see that it's well within their right. Um, but I think Biden's path has been made far clearer by the results in Georgia. Let's uh, switch sides of the Atlantic and in the UK, the FTSE 100 rose by 3.5%, its largest one-day gain since November the 9th, and actually over the last three days, a 6% gain, one of the best ever starts to a year. What was behind that? So, I mean, the stock market's got off to a strong start more generally, um, but then the FTSE has certainly outperformed, and I, don't, I think that's probably um, had a couple of contribu- uh, contributions. I think the, the most obvious one is the movements that we've seen in commodity markets, oil and gas stocks, um, energy stocks um, uh, more broadly. Uh, they, they, they've performed extremely well um, at the start of this year, but that's coincided with a strong rally in crude prices, uh, for example, but gold has had a very good start to the year, silver as well um copper um so all of these um commodities have done very well and there's a number of large commodity stocks within the FTSE that have had a terrible 2020 so they've started the year very strongly the OPEC plus agreement has uh, given a lift especially to uh, the oil and gas stocks which I've uh, mentioned while an agreement was expected um one that included uh, a massive cut from from Saudi Arabia well more than offsetting um the small increases from uh, Russia and Kazakhstan uh, that was not expected so effectively a net cut uh, and a significant net cut at that um, that has that that really buoyed these oil prices and has actually seen strong rallies every day uh, now and even today got WTI crude up one percent more than fifty one dollars a barrel uh, getting again another big lift uh, from this OPEC plus agreement so the movements that we've seen in these commodity prices maybe there's you've turned it to some extent as well the reflation trade um, the the prospect of more stimulus what it means for things like infrastructure spending um in the us um these types of things as well giving commodities a lift and they're therefore um aiding these uh these stocks within the FTSE which has enabled it to outperform 
We've seen a little bit of a softer pound as well. That may have um, that may have uh, contributed as well. We know that the relationship between the pound and the FTSE has been quite strong um, uh, over the last few years. So that a slightly softer pound with that pulling off in the aftermath of this Brexit deal has probably done the index no harm either. And we've had results from Sainsbury's this morning, Craig. One of the few success stories, I suppose, over the last uh, year or so because of the pandemic are the supermarkets. They had a bumper Christmas, sales up 9.3% over the festive trading period and more customers bought their food online than ever before. Um, It now, apparently, there are now 1.1 million online orders, twice last year's number in the days leading up to Christmas. It's a bit of a game changer, isn't it? People's shopping habits have been changing quite uh, markedly over the last uh, few years. But because of the pandemic, uh, we're now looking at a different different sort of scale from retailers like Sainsbury's. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, it will drop back a little bit when people are allowed to return to the shops. People are being forced to adopt more online. But I think there's going to be a large number of people who are going to see the convenience of online um, and stick with it. So as we've talked about before, I do feel like the pandemic has accelerated certain trends which were already taking place. And one of them is online shopping. Uh, working from home is an example of uh, another uh, and, a, and a company like Sainsbury's has done very well as a result. But also, I think, obviously, given what Christmas has looked like this year, the inability to go out and meet people in restaurants, the inability to uh, to to go to the pub or to visit friends, etc., um, that has changed people's shopping habits. It means that maybe people have decided to go a bit further um, with their at-home uh, Christmas, and naturally that will um, benefit um, a, a company like Sainsbury's. I'm not sure how indicative that is of what the, what longer term spending is going to be like. Um, this is 2020 was a very one-off year, and while there are, like I say, trends that have already started that have been accelerated, I think there's some things which um, may prove to be a bit of a one-off. And this bump in spending, um, yes, it may carry into the first quarter with everyone being locked down again. We saw it earlier this year. People still want to spend their money, and when you've got things like furlough schemes, people still have money, and on the aggregate level in particular, um, people the, the the savings rate has increased. So people still have money to spend and are just spending it in different ways and saving um, a little bit of extra, and that naturally will benefit those companies who are best positioned uh, in order to uh, to offer services. Uh, the, the the question is always going to be how much of that is longer term and I think from a supermarket perspective the minute that people are, that are allowed to go out holiday again go to restaurants go to bars um, then I think we may see um, a return to normality to a great extent because I don't think people want to be staying at home and spending uh, all their extra cash uh, in, in necessarily in the ways that they are doing at the moment. Let's look ahead to today overnight Asian stocks climbed amid those expectations about President-elect Joe Biden having a clearer path to boosting fiscal stimulus. The FTSE looks like it's set to rise again when it opens in around about uh, 45 minutes or so. And that's despite the chaos in Washington. What are you expecting today and uh, what should we look out for? So, yeah, I mean, it looks as though we're getting off to a slightly decent start. So I think that's encouraging. It has been a good start to the year. I still fear a little bit that there's a lot of optimism on the back of a lot of good deals that have been made in December. The vaccines has obviously been um, excellent news. Um, but I feel like to a certain extent, one thing, there's the elephant in the room. And 
uh, I, I, I feel I wonder whether that's going to start to take its toll um, relatively soon. The, the the COVID situation is getting really quite drastic here in the UK. I mean, um, we are in full lockdown, March, April style lockdown once again. And other countries are seeing uh, increasingly moving in that direction as well. And the numbers that we're seeing um, are, are very concerning. So I, I do wonder whether that is going to start to take its toll as the month or as the opening months of the year uh, progresses. But we are we are off to a, a very encouraging start. In terms of what to keep an eye out for, there's a lot of kind of low to mid-tier data today. I think Let's face it, the focus is very much going to remain on what's happening in Capitol Hill. The confirmation um, of the election result, which may run a little bit smoother given yesterday's events. And then on Friday, we have the non-farm payrolls. And it does carry a little bit less significance, arguably, because we've got the stimulus deal agreed at the back end of last year. Had that not been agreed and run into 2021, a really bad jobs report could have been the incentive the lawmakers need uh, to get something over the line. But we have something over the line now. So it's just going to be a case of how bad things have potentially got. The the forecast were for less than 100,000 jobs to have been created uh, last month. But you wonder whether they've been tapered as a result of of the ADP number that we saw earlier this week, the, the two don't always necessarily align, but at the same time, uh, that was um, a massive drop-off uh, as far as the ADP um, in the middle of the week, 123,000 jobs lost. Uh, so that's that's obviously a big difference. So you wonder whether that's going to have paired back expectations. I'm not necessarily sure that's going to be um, a big game change as far as the jobs report's concerned. I think the numbers are probably going to get worse um, over the next couple of months, given what we are seeing over in the US uh, and elsewhere um, at this moment in time. And this is probably just going to be indicative of what we can expect in the coming months. Okay, Craig, have a good day and we'll speak to you again tomorrow. Thank you.